Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger. I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World. That book is going to be out in January 2019, but I didn't want to wait until that time to start talking to superheroes of love. And guess what? Here's the news. You are a superhero of love. And through talking to other superheroes like yourself, tapping into that little superhero inside of you, I'm hoping that you and I and all of us start feeling more and more like superheroes of love, meaning that we love and are loved more than ever before. So welcome. Let's get this party started. Welcome, superheroes. It is Valentine's week, and I am talking to Jen Kramer, who I found out about because a friend sent me an article that was in the Chicago Tribune several weeks ago about Jen Kramer, who did a year of love, a year of love, and I'm going to let her tell us what a year of love is. But obviously, she is unequivocally a superhero of love that we all have to talk to. And I have to say, I'm giving a sh- huge shout out to the, to the reporter at the Chicago Tribune, Heidi Stevens. I read the article and instantaneously emailed her. And I said, I have got to talk to this woman. And she immediately emailed me back. And I fell in love with you the minute I read the article. And then, as we just said, we just started recording this, but just before we started recording this, we both felt like we had already talked to each other because it feels like we've met long lost friends. So welcome, Jen Kramer. I am so thrilled to be here Uh, (laughs) and more thrilled to be called a superhero of love. Phenomenal. So what I call a superhero of love is, is somebody who is in the business of healing their own heart and helping others heal their hearts so that we can all love and be loved more than ever. And what you did in your year of love is clearly inspiring every single one of those 365 days, yourself and others to love and be loved more. So tell us what was your year of love. So. Um, Right around January 1st of 2018, um, I was sitting on my couch contemplating the year uh, to come. And, you know, I don't know myself to be a New Year's resolution gal, per se. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I certainly have those thoughts like, I should work out more. I should drink more water. I should read more. I should, you know, all those shoulds, right? Yes. What's a fresh start? What does a fresh start really mean? And I had recently read an article right about that time that said, why don't you take on something that would mean something to someone else? And I thought, wow, I could very much get behind that. Now, let me preface that by saying, I don't know myself to do anything for 365 days in a row besides brush my teeth, but (laughs) I got really inspired by the fact that I could do something every day that would be meaningful to someone else. That is such an unbelievably beautiful query to ask ourselves. I have never asked that myself of myself. And now you've given that gift. That is a huge gift to just give to our listeners. What is something meaningful that you could do for someone else for 365 days? That's incredible. So I just had this thought for those people who are married. I am not married and Jen is not married. I have just found out. (laughs) Um, And... (laughs) Um, but what an amazing thing to do for for 
for the person that you're married to or the person that you're in a relationship with or the or you're a child like 365 days what if a family took that on 365 days of doing something meaningful and loving for the other person anyway incredible thank you thank you for that inspiration you are more than welcome so you know then loaded up with that inquiry of what do i do every day i thought well you know random acts of kindness is beautiful paying for someone's coffee. You know, I'm just really trying to think of what that would look like. And my aunt was about to undergo some pretty significant surgery. And I thought, you know, why do we reserve saying all these wonderful things about people for funerals? Why do we wait until somebody is gone to tell them how much we love them? Or perhaps, you know, say all those wonderful, glorious things about what somebody means or what they contributed to life or who they are for you. Why do we reserve that for when they're gone? So I thought, you know, I'm going to write a love note to someone every day and I'm going to do it on social media so that people I'm connected to learn about people that I know, you know, the things they've done or, or who they are for me primarily was how it all started. So my aunt was actually day one. Actually, day one was me saying what I was going to do. And it got this overwhelming response. You know, I think there was like 300 likes. People were like, I love that. That sounds terrific. And then the next day I launched um, with my Aunt Rose. And, you know, to be honest with you, that's about the extent of the thinking that I did around the year of love to get it started. So I want people to know it wasn't like some you know, there wasn't a written business plan or there wasn't like months of planning. I just literally came up with it and started. Oh, so beautiful. I love that. And the best ideas are just like that, right? Like this spark and you're all of a sudden tiny spark and then your heart is on fire and that fire in your heart catapults you into action. It's so beautiful. But so that's another great inspiration for anybody listening. Like follow those little tiny sparks because you never know what beautiful fire you're going to alight in another person by taking an action. That's so beautiful. Tell us some of your favorite stories. And I love that you did this with people that you knew, people, total strangers. So tell us some, some of your favorite stories from this year that you'll never forget. I think what really got exciting for me was, you know, at some point, a couple weeks in, it dawned on me that not only are the people I know important in my life, meaning my family, my friends, my college roommate, a coworker, people like that, but that there's people in my life that I might sort of know that don't know how I feel about them. For example, my dry cleaner. Hmm. It, it dawned on me that I see these people every week, sometimes more than my own friends, and right. I don't really know that they know how I felt about them, that I love their, you know, I love their business and I love that they're friendly to me and I, I would miss them if they were gone. You know, oh. those sort of conversations are not typical to have with your dry cleaner, right? But I featured my dry cleaner, Mr. and oh. Mrs. Kim, are oh. Korean uh, Americans. They own a dry cleaner right near my house. Their daughter uh, is sometimes there too. And um, I told them about the project just one day when I went in to pick up my dry cleaning. And so I featured them. Uh, There's a beautiful picture of them. Their daughter said she thinks it's the only picture that they have together for decades. And they asked me if I would bring in that picture. It hangs on the wall in the dry cleaner. Oh, my God. That's so beautiful. So that's one of dozens of moments when I just sort of got out of my own self 
and said to somebody, listen, here's how, this is how I feel about you. And it doesn't have to be, you know, I don't want people to think it has to be like laying your heart on the line. I really wanted them to know if I ever moved away or if they closed their business, I would be sad. And that I love seeing them every week. It was very basic. They were so struck, I think, by the moment, you know, and that for me, there was so much love in that moment and not like intimate love, but like friendly, relatable love that like, they'll never get over that. And I certainly won't, you know, their daughter after that said to me, nothing like this has ever happened to them. I've had this dry cleaner for, you know, 25 years and nothing like this has ever happened. So that was just fuel for the fire. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. I'm just sitting here crying. I, this, is, this is a very odd thing, but I woke up in the middle of the night last night. I had a thought about my old gym in my old town. I moved uh, several miles from my previous town when I bought this house. There was a tiny little gym in this town and I loved that gym. I so loved that gym that in the weeks preceding my move, every time I went in, I just said, please, can you open a gym in my new town because there isn't a gym like this in my new, new little town. Really what I wanted to say to them that I wasn't saying was, I'm going to miss you. And it's so funny because when I woke up in the middle of the night, I thought, why didn't I just say that? Like, I really, I appreciate seeing you every day. I appreciate how you greet me every day. I appreciate coaching that you give or whatever. That's really what I wanted to say. And I was kind of tiptoeing around it saying this thing that wasn't really the whole truth. I appreciate you and I will miss you. That's and funny. a gym is a gym and a dry cleaner is a dry cleaner. And, a, you know, a guy who changes the battery in your car, you know, those roles in life can always be reproduced. Like there will always be another dry cleaner. Right. But it's the people I think that have made the impact just to yeah. what you said. Totally. You know, I feel like I have been practicing being loving, you know, a good portion of my life. This book that I wrote was about, is about the journey that I went through after a breakup where I was kind of cleaning out my heart of anything that would stop me from loving or being loved. But I felt, and and I was in the journey of writing this book when this thing happened with the gym, right? And it's like, it, the, I'm just seeing in this moment, I'm just having this big aha moment that this thing of clearing away things that stop you from expressing your pure love to people, I know that it's never going to be over, but it's like, I'm looking back at that time and thinking, wow, I thought I was so aware of my heart and, <laughs> and my world and expressing love. And I missed this big opportunity. I'm just having a big kind of aha moment here <laughs> because of you. Yeah. Thanks. And I... I'm always looking for a way to expand that, right? To expand myself, expand my heart. And, you know, those of us with big hearts or sensitive hearts are always at risk for um, the sadness or the disappointment or the frustration that comes with that. But um, this really was an expansion of heart for me. So much so that, you know, I, I likely won't get over it. I think the experience was a profound one and, um, my relationships certainly with the people that I featured will never be the same. You know, I had instant, lots of instances of that where I'm sure people had some sort of an idea of how I felt, but when they saw it in writing and they saw it publicly acknowledged, you know, they were really touched. 
there's dozens of instances of lots of really rich moments having taken place during the year. Tell us about some Starbucks love moments. Well, you know, I, I want to give a shout out to all coffee, coffee shops, purveyors of coffee, because I am an equal opportunity lover. So uh, good, there good. was somebody at Dunkin' Donuts as well. Um, you know, it was those people. I mean, those people that you see every day. Now, again, I don't have a friendship with them necessarily or know much about them, but we do have some sort of connectivity. So there were lots of those sort of folks who were recipients of the love letters, uh, you know, V, the guy at my Dunkin' Donuts and, you know, certainly the guy at my Starbucks, which is right next to where I work. And, you know, the purveyors of things that I need every day, you know, waitresses uh, that uh, have waited on me. I had a really wonderful experience with a new waitress at this diner where I went to breakfast. And, you know, we had uh, lots of opportunity to connect. You know, we were helping each other with our native languages, her Spanish and my English, and talked about what her hopes were for the future, which sort of came out of nowhere. You know, those moments, you know, you just are, are so, I was so present and I was so on the lookout for occasions where I would get an opportunity to talk to somebody on a, uh, in a different way or on a different level. Um, that was a, that was one of my favorites as well. More importantly than anything, Bridget, at this point, after having done this for 365 days, I can say that one day I forgot and then doubled up the next day. But yes, I did do it 365 times. It was awesome because near the end, I found a couple days I did it more than once, like on accident. Right. (laughs) Because it just was there for me to do. You know, that being said, uh, I'm really interested in other people taking it on for no other reason other than I had such an incredible experience. I want other people to have that same experience as well. Well, having living your life in such a way that you're looking for opportunities to love, what an amazing way to walk out into the world every morning to start your day. Like, who am I going to give love to today? That's such a great contact. And where's it going to show up? Where yeah. It's going to show up somewhere. Where's it going to be? Kind of like a scavenger hunt for love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I just had breakfast in a hotel. And the most unbelievable guy waited on me. His name was Shane. And, you know, I'm not daily practicing daily love letter posting, but Shane would have been that guy. And, you know, I wrote a comment card and told this hotel where I'm staying, listen, you need a hundred more Shanes because he was the most incredible server I've ever had. That was my contribution to this day, you know, that I met this great guy. Do people tell him he's great? I don't know. I hope. Um, But you just have to be on the lookout. That's why I was asking you about the barista because it feels, I mean, our servers and baristas are so underappreciated. And I'm just always, whenever I walk into any coffee place, I'm always, I I, I think I scrunch up my shoulders a little bit because I don't want anybody to hurt a barista today. (laughs) Please don't be mean. Please don't be be short-tempered with the barista. (laughs) And so many of them are so great. Yes. You know, they're in the hospitality business and they're interested and willing and, you know, able to talk to people and have conversations. You just have to be willing on the other end. I don't know if you want to share what you do for a living, but I'm very curious about how it affected your work life. I am the director of events at a university in Chicago. My career has spanned over you know, two decades of major event production, which is really the relationship business. And I'm heavily involved with Special Olympics in Chicago and 
So if I look to those sort of relationship-heavy areas of my life, they were very much a source for me in wanting to acknowledge people. So of course, lots of people through my relationships with Special Olympics were featured, um, certainly lots of um, co-workers over the decades. But uh, I can tell you that in general, the Year of Love had me uh, be a little kinder and a little more loving to, you know, everyone that I knew and everyone I met. You know, I'm a human being and there are days when I don't really feel like being kind or I'm not really in the mood to be on the lookout for love. And Mm -hmm. I know for myself that that's always sort of a temporary happening. Mm -hmm. Rare, but it happens. You know, I really want to acknowledge that this daily practice in my life, whether it be at work or in my other areas where I'm involved, really brought a different gen to the picture. You know, I... I have to acknowledge that the daily practice was really something that altered who I was in relationship to other people. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, I walk around Pollyanna, like everyone and everything and every moment is the greatest thing ever. But I can tell you that I was a very different person during the year of love than I have been in the past. Mm -hmm. I was consistently, I said before, on the lookout for love. Where's an opportunity to meet someone or to acknowledge someone or to hear something newly or to look at somebody differently. Uh, And so in my work life, uh, I can seriously see where that made an impact. The, the word extraordinary pops into my head. Also, it's like, we don't always seize opportunities to be extraordinary, but this feat that you did, and it is a feat, isn't extraordinary. You had to rise to the occasion like you said, in spite of yourself sometimes, right? So that's an extraordinary thing to, it's like I, I once, just once, um, did a did the Los Angeles Marathon and I had to run even, I, I mean, there were rarely days that I wanted to run. <laughs> right. So I had to run in spite of myself and you, and that was an extraordinary feat, you know, and, and you had to love in spite of yourself some days, so for the runner, the the muscles, um, you know, when you stop running after completing that marathon, the muscles start to atrophy. But it, does it feel like those muscles that you exercised will always be strong? In other words, that you've transformed your body kind of, you know, into the superhero of love body, meaning those muscles are now supercharged for life, it sounds like to me. I can't uh, deny that I, I'm finding I can't get away from it. So I would say the answer to your question is certainly yes. And, you know, I just want to acknowledge having run a marathon is an incredible feat. And I love the vulnerability of saying I really rarely ever wanted to do it. (laughs) But I think what, what you've shared there is really exemplary because so much of what we want to do, whether it's run or post or write love letters or take something on, take on a project, gets stopped by no one other than ourselves. So, I remember those moments when I wasn't feeling particularly loving. There were some days, you know, when I had a hard day or it was 10 o'clock at night and I had forgotten to to write my post that day, the year of love, love letter or whatever. I remember thinking like, this is, this is something I said I would do. I committed to doing this. I know it makes a difference, not just for myself, but for others. So I I hear what you're saying, self, like, I don't want to do it. I mean, like, I really don't want to do this. Yeah. And, th- and then I just sat down and I did it. There, the, the 
the gem that that was, the, the reward in that moment of doing something you didn't quote unquote feel like doing um, is really, I think, the very thing that concretes those sort of actions internally. And I I know that's not said in a very um, poetic way, but to answer your question, you know, it really takes something to complete something every day, whether it's eating healthy or writing a love letter or training for a marathon. But I think when you do those things over time, day in and day out, it really creates a habit that then sort of sticks with you. I might not be writing a a love letter every day. You are obviously not running every day, but there's something internally that says I can do that or I can take that on or I can make that happen. I can surpass that I don't want a mantra that is echoing in my brain can win a lot. It's really easy to let that I don't want to mantra win the day and run you. And it's hard. I mean, like I'm dealing with it right now. I'm on a weight loss journey and the, I don't want to make that choice. I want this choice. I feel like this choice, you know, it's like the little kid inside of me wants to make the choices and the, I don't want to wins. It's almost like the, I don't want to is the adult version of the little child tantrum. and <laughs> I let it win. Yeah, that is, that is the exact same thing. It is your 100% spot on. And you know, for me, many times it was hearing that sort of internal conversation of no one's going to notice, or I didn't think I could do this every single day for a year anyway, or yes. whatever those things were that I told myself. It was kind of like I acknowledged that little voice for sharing and I sat down and I wrote it anyway. You know, it's like, listen, I said, I said I wanted to do this and I know it wasn't going to be easy. As a matter of fact, it's why I don't create resolutions ever because I don't know myself to stick with something every single day. So on a lot of levels, it was a multifaceted experiment. It was one to share the love. That was really the first motivation. But then after two or three weeks, it was like, huh, I really holy cow, I have 320 more days of this. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like throw your hat over the fence and then figure out how to go get it. So I just kept getting more and more fueled by the expansion of heart and the expansion of heart for other people that I started seeing results, you know, if we talk about a result in this way. And mm-hmm. that too just kept motivating me to to four jobs. Yeah. Do you feel like you know yourself as somebody who is their word now? Giving your word to something that enormous, don't you feel like if you said, I'm going to do something that people around you would say, oh yeah, she's going to do that. Not that they didn't before. It sounds like you're that kind of person where, I mean, like if you had told me you were going to do something, I mean, I barely know you and I would have thought, oh yeah, Jen said she's going to do it. She's going to do it. You seem like you're that kind of person, but, but your, uh, your self analysis, do you feel like, oh yeah, I'm the person that can do that? Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I definitely have a different level of accountability. Mm. I, I'm experiencing a different level of being held to account. Uh, I am somebody who you can count on for sure in life. And when I can't be counted on, I'll tell you. But at the same time, I know myself is a little bit more of a superhero of love than I ever did. I didn't think for one second I would fulfill on this. I, re- I wow. really, truly, you have you have to know, I really didn't think I would. That's you so know, come cool. Jan- come, come mid-January, I was like, oh man, <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is really going to be something. Uh, but 
something switched, something flipped, something said, people are watching, people are listening, people are starting to count on this. I had people say to me, you're the only reason why I log on to Facebook. People oh. say, I'm, t- I'm taking this on for myself in, a, in, a, in some way. I'm going to do this. I see how impactful this is for other people. I see how impactful it is for your own heart. I'm going to take this on, Jen Kramer. And so there was that sort of groundswell in my own little community that had me too say, well, I can't let all these people down, let let alone myself. So that certainly made an impact. And that's a, that's a fine enough reason. If that's the reason that gets you going the day that I don't want to is kicking in, that's a fine enough reason, right? It's like, I'll take any reason to motivate me to get my ass in gear. <laughs> Whatever it takes. I don't even care. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and then I started to think, should I tell everyone else that I want to, you know, that I want to drop 20 pounds? Should I, should I tell everyone, should I, should I make it public that I want to go to the gym three times a week? Because yeah. Guess what? When a lot of people are listening, all of a sudden you start to stand up a little taller and do what you said. You know, you can't hold yourself to account, but other people certainly will. Yeah, for sure. I I started, I recently, I I wrote an article about this thing about being a superhero of love with my body and this weight loss journey. And I was looking, I was cleaning up my garage and I was looking at all these, I'm literally going through boxes, you know, of memories and I'm going through everything in my garage, which is a, that is, that may take all year. I've, I've just committed to a few days a week to do that. But the bottom line is I'm, I'm marching forward even when I don't want to want to, but um, going through memories and seeing old pictures of myself, what I was recognizing is I was looking at these old pictures and going, oh my God, I looked great then. And I remember vividly feeling heavy or down, just outright fat or, you know, what, or just unattractive. And, and I was like, when am I ever going to feel love for this body just as it is and as it is not? And I, the, the contemplation came into my brain. How about now? How about now? And I started a Facebook group, how about now? And it's women where we're just like shooting love at our, at body parts and at our bodies and, and working on the con the contemplation of loving our bodies as they are. And as they are not, you just made me think of that when you just said that, because I mean, do you know, and I put a poll actually a couple days ago on, on Twitter asking, women have you have you ever have you always loved your body has it was there one point in your life that you loved your body or do you always love your body and you know nobody has always loved their body it's a you know it's a it's a thing it's really crazy I, I, and i'm super engaged and uh, note to self i'm joining the group the minute i hang up uh, <laughs> with you because i think it's just an innate conversation that people have you know, not this, but that over there or discontentment with what I have or who I am or what my legs look like or whatever that is. I think it's just an innate. I think the majority of people are in that inquiry or struggle or conversation. The majority are and the minority aren't. You know, I, I that doesn't legitimize or delegitimize the, the true feelings that those are. But my gosh, it really seems like the majority of us struggle with yes. who we are and our willingness to take action in the face of that. Be, I think what you're sparking in me is possibly something that I can do 365 days, even though we're into February right now. I certainly want people to start it whenever. You know, I, I am definitely somebody who has fallen victim to, well, Monday, I'll, I'll start that on Monday. 
or I need to start uh, the New Year's practices on January 1st, or, oh my gosh, I didn't do it yet. I, you know, I think there's no time like now. Yes. The how about now? Why not today on a Sunday afternoon? Listen, nobody's keeping track. Right. Nobody, <laughs> nobody really cares. Nobody really cares when you started. Just have started something, whatever it is that you're most committed to. And that's what how about now is all about. It's like now, how about now, this day, this moment. Yes. Okay. Right. All right. I'm yeah. officially, I'm officially starting it. And what I'm going to say, I'm inventing this as we talk on the phone. I am going to require myself to do at least two minutes of just sitting quietly and um, sending love to my body and body parts and just telling my body what I love about it. Two minutes a day. I'm starting today. Love that. That's fantastic. And two, two minutes is nothing. Two minutes no. is nothing. I know. Well, I, can I just tell you that what was going on in my head as I was doing that was one minute sounds really chintzy, but, uh, and then I it literally came into my head, 120 seconds. Can I do 120 seconds? There's nothing. <laughs> so if I expand it later, great. Like, but anyway, that's okay. But you don't uh, need to expand it. Just no, do you're two right. minutes. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Okay. So tell me, tell me how it felt as you, as you were closing in on the finish line of your year, like what was going on? And it was also the holidays, right? So tell me about the, the f reaching the, f coming to the finish line of your year of love marathon. <laughs> you know, it's so funny uh, to the extent that I literally on January 1st sat on my couch and posted something on Facebook that was like, listen, here's what I'm going to take on for 2018 without knowing how it was going to go. I just committed, right? Yeah. The same thing happened to me in December, when I started getting all these messages from people that were like, what are you doing in 2019? Who's going to be the last person in 2018? And I sat like sort of slack jawed, like I hadn't thought about any of that. <laughs> I, I hadn't really considered how to wrap things up. I hadn't considered how to put a stamp on it or, you know, put a bow on it. Or I hadn't thought about January 1st is next week. What am I going to do in 2019? So to, to answer your question, it didn't come with a lot of contemplation. Part of me thought I would just extend it. And I haven't done that in that sort of straight up form. But I did sort of wrap it up with a, you know, sort of a, a post on social media that was really contemplative. And um, then I've gotten all these really wonderful opportunities, like talking to you about um, really sending it out into the universe and what it meant and what it can mean for other people. And, you know, so 2019 is really, for me, at least this first quarter is going to be about launching a website and, Yay. you know, really sending it out into the world so other people can take it on. It's cheap. It takes two minutes a day and uh, the benefits are just insurmountable. So um, that's what this first part of 2019 is going to be. But I will tell you, like when I met Shane, the waiter this morning, part of me was like, man, I should really just still be doing it. <laughs> I should really just, <laughs> right. I, I should just really be posting when it comes up. You know, right. I, there's too yeah. many opportunities and too many cool moments. So can I just say that there's never, and I'm so excited, we're now friends on Facebook, but there's never a day where somebody is not going to be touched by one of those posts. You, it is a guaranteed feel-good thing for somebody reading your feed. Well, thanks. And, you know, there's a, a need for good news. Yes. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a thing called the Good News Network, yes. thankfully. 
yes. a, a national publication online and whatever that talks about good stories. And I think in today's day and age, we're look we're on the lookout for something good. We know that it exists and we're, you know, anxious and hungry to hear about it. So um, with your two minutes of meditation about self-love, I will commit to taking on your love when it strikes me. Yay! From here on out. Yay! Yay! Thank you. Good. Um, and your website is going to be, is it yearoflove.com? It'll be yearoflove.project.com. Okay. Because this is a project and it's something that I want people to take on like it's a project for sure. So there'll be ways to find out about how to do it or how other people are doing it and an opportunity for people to post to the website and share on the website what they saw. And certainly, you know, I have hopes and aspirations that this thing, you know, really be a movement of sorts for people to be sharing themselves in a loving way. Well, I'm going to do everything that I can to help you manifest that. Anything that I can do, I'm all all in. Is there anything else that you would ask um, the listeners to watch out for or to do for you, to support you? Tell us anything that you, any of your wishes or needs for for the audience that's listening. You know, truthfully, the group of people who are following you are all superheroes of love. I mean, honestly, if people are engaged enough and interested enough in the conversation of love and sharing themselves and healing themselves in this way, just that, um, you know, at some point here mid-February, they check out the website and certainly look at somehow, some way, in some form or some fashion to take this on for themselves to, you know, not only um, read books as amazing as yours, and I have ordered it and I have started it, but really to just, you know, in the process of healing, take on whatever that looks like, acknowledging, uh, you know, acknowledging people and sharing themselves in a way that makes an impact. That's my only wish. (laughs) Beautiful. Will you have it up by Valentine's Day, do you think? Yes, I will. Yay! It'll be, it's bare bone. It'll, it'll be bare bones to start, um, but certainly, you know, I'll collect people's email and share with them when there's big developments, but we're, we're working tirelessly to sort of get that up and running in time. I mean, it's the day of love. Yes. You know, why wouldn't we, why wouldn't we blast it out uh, to everyone's heart on that day? This um, podcast will go up on that very day too. So it's, this is like a great way to announce, run over to yearoflovproject.com. Woohoo! I love that. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, Jen, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making time. Thanks for having me. That was Jen Kramer. Everybody run over to yearofloveproject.com and prepare to be inspired to have your own year of love. Incredible stories are there waiting for you. Um, And after that, run over to iTunes, give us a review, leave a comment, um, share the podcast with people that you love. Um, and also Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart, and then Go Save the World is out now. You can buy it wherever you buy your books. Thanks for coming, everybody. Bye-bye.